Ever notice how narcissists have this way of just kind of not telling the whole story? They tell the part that makes you look bad and the part that makes them look good. And they might twist a fact here and there, but they never tell the whole story. Have you ever dealt with a narcissist who seems to conveniently forget things that are important to you, but who never seems to forget that one time 10 years ago when you stepped on their toe or maybe you said something that hurt their feelings? Was this someone who would be very forgetful when they happened to promise you that they would do something that mattered to you, but maybe who would never forget if you even like looked at them cross-eyed? How did that feel to you? Maybe you were worried that they were losing their memory or you started Googling stuff like early onset dementia or convenient memory loss. Or if you're still in the relationship with a narcissist, whether they are a parent, a spouse, a partner, or a coworker, and you're noticing that their memory seems to be kind of going south, well, you might be wondering about this right now at this moment. So here's what I wanna tell you. If your toxic relationships look anything like mine did, you are probably gonna find yourself hearing this and thinking it's especially poignant, especially when you think back to incidents where the narcissist said they would take care of something, but then they pretended to forget that they made such a promise. Anyway, later they would end up blaming you for being irresponsible, right? For example, the narcissist in your life, maybe they told you that they were going to take care of the grocery shopping on Wednesday. But then when you went to cook dinner on Wednesday night, they are offended when you say, hey, where'd you put those groceries you bought? At that moment, rather than taking responsibility and acknowledging that in fact they did forget the groceries or they chose not to go shopping for whatever reason, they might accuse you of forgetting to do the shopping yourself. And when you remind them that they said they would take care of the shopping, they're just gonna get super mad and deny ever having said it. You'll feel crazy. And despite the fact that you know for sure they said it, they will insist that you are mistaken and their narcissistic rage will will ensue while they give you a good old fashioned dressing down. Now, by the time this emotionally draining exchange is over, you're gonna find yourself wishing that you just did the shopping yourself. And quite honestly, you might never ask them to do it again. Of course, if we're being honest, this was the narcissist's desire all along to avoid their responsibility of bringing home the proverbial bacon and then frying it up in the pan, all that stuff. As always, they're going to expect you to serve it up to them with a smile, when and if they want it, of course, regardless of your own state of well-being and ability to drop whatever it is you're doing and take care of their many demands in any given moment, but I digress. Now, here's the question I think you've really been waiting to ask. Do narcissists really have memory problems? The answer is yes and no. It's complicated. See, there are a couple of different possibilities here. Let me explain. First, it's really important to remember that as much as they make us doubt it, technically narcissists are still human. Yeah, all humans do seem to have a certain amount of bias as well as a little selectiveness in both their perceptions and their memories. For example, you know about confirmation bias, right? Where someone will only notice or remember things that sort of confirm what they already believe. And we all know exactly how nostalgia could lead to a convenient sort of forgetting of the bad parts of life, right? For example, when a woman has a baby, we don't focus on the gross painful parts of giving birth, do we? We do tend to focus more on how amazing it was and the fact that we actually managed to have a baby. But the truth is that in this particular case, humanity, we'd be in serious danger of extinction if it was any other way. Now listen, it's not just narcissists. Even survivors of narcissistic abuse are gonna find themselves dealing with what might be called nostalgia-based selective memory, but we call it abuse amnesia. This is what happens when we've managed to get away from the abuser in our lives for a while and we start to forget all the bad parts of the relationship, it's when the absence makes the heart grow fonder thing kind of kicks in for us. On a very toxic level, of course. You literally sort of forget all the bad stuff and begin to romanticize the reality of your toxic relationship. Of course, this is dangerous because it leads to you reuniting with your abuser and too many of us really do end up going back to those people, the people who made our lives incredibly miserable simply because some part of us wants to believe them when they swear they've changed. And because on some level, we really sort of forget the depth of how they actually treated us 
in the relationship. This is truly just how the human brain functions. Our memories function sort of like little databases, keeping records in real time over the course of our lives. It's a long time sometimes. And as our brain manages our physical body and everything else, it manages to grab a few details of each situation we deal with every day, or at least those that seem to matter to us in the moment. It discards that stuff that doesn't feel or seem important to us so that later if we tap into that memory and we try to figure out what happened, well, our brains will sort of attempt to reconstruct the situation, but based only on the saved details. Reminder, you can't stay in survival mode forever. Get through this time. Survival mode is meant to keep you alive, but at some point you must start living. Don't forget. Let's talk about how CPTSD and selective memory are connected. So if you've ever been in a toxic relationship with a narcissist, then you might be experiencing CPTSD or complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a serious mental health condition that affects a large percentage of victims and survivors of narcissistic abuse. This disorder can take years to treat and many professionals, they're not familiar with its symptoms or they misdiagnose it. Many even victim blame if they aren't familiar with the subtle tricks of a narcissist. Unfortunately, it can be a lifelong condition, but it can be managed with mindfulness and behavior modification among other therapies and modalities. But with that being said, one of the most often reported symptoms of CPTSD is short-term memory loss, along with longer-term loss in some especially traumatic cases where people sort of black out the painful incidents of verbal or emotional abuse suffered at the hands of a narcissist. This is a result of the way our brains function under the stress of being in a relationship with a narcissist. This is partially related, of course, to the trauma we experienced, which does have a tendency to cause us to sort of live instinctively as in, in a constant state of fight or flight and or freeze mode. And do you know when it's really hard for the human brain to form and retain new memories? That's right. When you're in the fight or flight or freeze mode. Yep. I discussed this in a previous video. So really quickly, I'm going to go ahead and include a quick clip, really brief of that, that explains exactly how that works right here. But stick with me because I'm coming back right afterward to explain to you exactly how narcissists will use selective memory as a way to gaslight you. Have you ever experienced brain fog? It's that feeling of dissociation or disconnectedness after experiencing narcissistic abuse or during. You kind of feel lost, like you're not really there, like you're watching everything through a screen or a bubble. It's a common symptom of CPTSD. For me, I always just kind of felt separate from everyone else and different. Sometimes I still go through it. Did you know that narcissistic abuse actually causes brain damage? It's true. Don't take it from me, though. Listen to what Dr. Robin Bryman has to say about it. The period before the discard is usually very hard when the devaluation phase becomes so intense and you know something is going on that you, you can't handle, you can't control. And then suddenly the discard happens, whether it's you discarding or the narcissist discarding. You feel like you can't even feel the ground underneath your feet. The anxiety is so overwhelming and the feeling of loneliness and being out of control, the pain of that is like withdrawing from a drug. And that's exactly what your brain is going through. It's the same feeling. Well, you don't even know what your brain is going through with so much. This is where our brain betrays us in keeping us safe and healthy. Here's what you have to understand. The way that your brain naturally functions can literally stop you from walking away from a narcissist. The addiction to your abuser happens for a number of reasons, but when we're talking about specifically our neurochemistry, the way our brains work, we need to think about things like the sort of ingredients that contribute to our addiction. So for one, we have oxytocin, which contributes to our bond with this person. Then we have the endogenous opioid 
opioids, which deal with pleasure, pain, withdrawal, dependence on the narcissist. Then there's the corticotropin releasing factor, which is due to stress and also contributes to withdrawal. Then we have dopamine, which we've talked about a lot of times. It's part of the whole craving thing, the, the wanting the person, the seeking, the needing the person part of it. But what you have to understand is when our brain chemistry is dysregulated by abuse, it's more difficult than you can imagine to actually make logical choices or to manage our emotions in regard to this person. Our brains become like hypervigilant, extremely responsive. This is part of the CPTSD thing. We worry, we stress, we get overwhelmed by stuff. We release chemicals that are a direct reaction to our toxic partner's behavior and way of being. This is a direct response to what is happening around us in our environment, to the abuse we are experiencing. The messed up part here is that when we pull away and we try to leave, guess what happens? Just like in a normal relationship, that oxytocin kicks in. What does that mean? It means that our bonding chemicals are kicking in. We're missing the bonding with that person. Of course, the same thing happens for all the other chemicals we talked about. The thing is that normal partners, healthy partners, they don't create the same hypervigilance or the same state of emotional charge. Does that make sense? That a toxic partner does. As they say, context is everything, right? So this makes us have to think about cognitive dissonance and the trauma bond and how those two things go together. Both cognitive dissonance and the trauma bond tend to override the type of logic and reasoning that could actually help us to get free from this person. Again, these things happen automatically and they're a direct result of our environment and our abuse. The so-called neurochemical tornado that happens inside of us thanks to our abusive partner. The brain chemicals that we talked about actually are directly causing the trauma bond. And when we have been abused by a partner, these chemicals, as you may know, become very dysregulated as we discuss. This causes essentially addiction, where you have that intense craving for that person. The fact is that our brains work against us here. We become involved in relationships that cause us serious harm because our brain chemistry sort of creates that false sense of connection, thanks to the dysregulation that happens because of the abuse. So when it comes to a narcissist who hurts us emotionally, we obviously consider this important and significant. It's part of our survival instinct. It just makes sense. But when you consider that narcissists tend to have incredibly volatile emotions, along with a lack of emotional compassionate empathy, not to mention when they're feeling upset or angry or embarrassed, or they're feeling anything other than being fully in control of the situation. And then you add in the fact that they don't see you as a whole person. Or well, then their selective memory might be understandable in a way, right? But with narcissists, Nothing so simple. And in many cases, if we're being honest, well, it really isn't about a naturally occurring personality defect. In fact, for most narcissists, selective memory is used as a manipulation tactic at least some of the time. It's one of the many ways they gaslight you. You know, manipulating you by psychological means into questioning your own sanity. Yeah, they might claim that they don't remember doing something that hurt you so that they can get out of taking responsibility for it. Or and this is more common in my personal experience, they might even sort of attack you for expecting them to remember. Then they might even try to use this as a way to justify their abuse or to deny it completely. The fact of the matter is narcissists really only care about what they want and what they need and they do not like to take responsibility. Sadly, when it comes to you, they're mostly only concerned with the narcissistic supply that you can offer them. Let's talk about the conveniently forgetful narcissist. The truth is that while the human memory is fallible and narcissists are technically human, most of the time, unless they are diagnosed with dementia or another memory affecting disease, the narcissist's memory is just as good as everyone else's. In other words, narcissists will remember what they choose to remember. 
Here's a hypothetical example to sort of explain it a little more clearly. Let's say one time you told the narcissist that you just absolutely love white roses, but that you're horribly allergic to yellow daisies to the point that it could endanger your life. They will remember that when it's convenient for them and they will forget that when they want to. So during love bombing, you're going to get all kinds of white roses. And then when they are in the devalue phase, you know, where they're noticing everything wrong with you, kind of picking you apart. Well, that's when they're going to forget that you like flowers at all. Or they'll fill the house with yellow daisies and they'll get mad at you when your throat closes up and you have to be rushed to the emergency room. Why? They'll just say you're being dramatic. And once that incident is over and they decide they want some more of that narcissistic supply, well, they might want to suck you back into the relationship with a good solid Hoover maneuver. That is where they will suddenly recall that you love white roses and guess what? They're showing up at your front door expecting you to be ever so grateful that they thought about you and they bought you these beautiful roses and you might even fall for it because it will seem so sincere and they'll seem like they really mean it. But don't let your soft heart fool you here, my friend. The fact is that those white roses you love so much, those are being used as a tool to reel you in once again. That's the only reason they decide to remember that one single fact about you in any given moment. It's the same reason they forget when it is convenient for them. Another thing they might do is especially during the devalue and discard phases, the narcissist might suddenly recall something embarrassing that you did many years ago. And they might talk about it at a party or among friends. And they might use that to intentionally humiliate you with a story. And you can bet that they will certainly never manage to forget that one time you had let them down 20 years ago, but they won't recall that you failed to do whatever they expect because you were in the hospital having surgery or whatever. They're just going to remember that you didn't do it. You didn't pay the water bill or you didn't make their lunch for work that day. But let me be clear here. The narcissist remembers and forgets things that matter to you at different times because on some level they instinctively recognize that you will have emotional reactions to those things in either case. In other words, they use this selective memory thing as a way to control and manipulate you. Ultimately, while the narcissist most certainly can and does occasionally have moments of forgetfulness or things that really slip their minds in some cases, in many cases, it can really just be a smokescreen for the gaslighting techniques that they use to control you and manipulate you into doing what they want. What do you think? This brings me to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, do you know a narcissist who used selective memory as a gaslighting and manipulation tactic? Or do you believe that they just have the same issues as every other human? What do you think? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. Now before I go, make sure you take a look at the videos I'm going to leave for you right there and right there. And while you're here, hit the subscribe button right over there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.